Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to The Carl Taylor Show, and I am your host, Carl Taylor. Today's episode is a, another Conversations with Carl episode. Now, if you've never heard a Conversations with Carl episode, this is where I work one-on-one, or in this particular case, it was two-on-one, um, work one-on-one with someone and answer their questions and consult and support and help them with tech, freedom, Um, building their business, their entrepreneurial journey. And uh, this particular episode was with a client of mine from Automation Agency, my marketing agency. And uh, they were looking for some support on a bunch of different things. But in particular, they really wanted some help on architecting a nice funnel. So I share, I gather a bunch of insights and then I share and help construct a new funnel that they could use to promote their services. Uh, We also talked about frequency of emailing you know some people like how much is too much do you email more do you email less is there a a, a good point so we talk about that as well Um, and ultimately this is a really good episode for you if you're currently in the beginning of your tech journey or you're already kind of got things set up and you're looking how do i optimize a lot of the thought process and questions that i ask louise and her partner in this in this episode really good questions to be asking yourself and looking at to help you architect a more powerful online marketing automated funnel. So let's not delay. Let's get straight into this incredible episode. Uh, I will delay though, because I will say if you're interested in being on conversations with Carl in the future, just reach out. You can visit carltaylor.com. You can go to the contact page and you can reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to be on the Carl Taylor show on a conversations with Carl segment. So if that's of interest to you, then reach out, let us know what you'd like help with, and we can have you on a future episode. So that's enough of that. Let's get into the episode. Calling all entrepreneurs, small business owners, lifelong learners, and people of earth, I'm calling you to step up into the greatest version of you, a happier you, a healthier you, a more loving you, a you that is truly feeling healthy, fulfilled, and alive. My name is Carl Taylor, and I've been building businesses since I was 15 years old. And the one thing that has always, always stood out to me is that running your own business, no matter how successful or not, will be the best personal development journey you ever ever go on. And so in this show, I share with you some of the most important lessons that I've learned and continue to learn on my journey in the hope that it may help you guide you in yours. You're listening to The Carl Taylor Show. I'm looking forward to the call. I'm looking forward to to helping you out. For those that don't know, obviously, I know a bit about you. We've known each other for a while. But for those listening, maybe just give a kind of a snapshot of what your business does and then, you know, what Ask your question, what you're here on the call for. I forgot what the question was. I have a couple of little questions. Go for it. Let's, we'll see where it goes. I can always look up the notes and, and remind you too. But let's give us a, a rundown of kind of what yeah. you do. Let's start with okay. that. Well, the property education company, we're actually primarily mortgage brokers who help people get loans. We also provide an education arm to our business. So we also do live events and lots of communication and we've just about and we've done online courses in the past but we're about to put that on again and we have been I've been creating an ebook and I've got some case studies for particular markets that we're going for so one is women in um property case studies who've successfully bought in various um, scenarios of life yeah so either you know, post-divorce or single women investors or et cetera, et cetera. So we've put together little booklets like this to send out and we're looking at ways we're going to 
um, coordinate that through to our website so that people actually give us their email address. Yep. So we want some help with that. And we were looking at your... Uh, oh, your testimonials. Your blog post about getting um, the best testimonials set up on your website. So we thought we'd look at that. And then finally, the thing I wanted to show you was Richard um, GoDaddy, who I thought I'd paid an arm and a leg forever, was sending me emails saying that um, there's something about resource limits on my website. Got it. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Let's start with that. So you're getting resource limit things from GoDaddy. You're hosting your site with GoDaddy. So a couple of options. One, you can pay more money to GoDaddy. That's what they're trying to get you to do, upgrade your plan. Second option, because you're a subscriber to Automation Agency, something we started doing recently is we actually, you can host your website with us on our optimized servers. So at no additional cost as part of the subscription with us. So that might be the better option uh, or you can change to another host. So they're kind of your options. What I would suggest you either pay more money where you are, you either tell the team, let's move them over to, to you guys and you can save some money and you know, you won't have all those worries. I think that's a bit of a no brainer. <laughs> Considering we were just saying how much we love your team. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. they, they have done things like, put up Cloudflare and organise that for us. So they would then be able to manage that all a bit easier probably if they do it all. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are, you, are you using Gmail or Office 365 for your emails or? Google for everything. Perfect. Yeah, no problems. Because, yeah, our hosting doesn't host emails. So that was the only going to be the, the gotcha if you were using emails. But because you're using Office 365 or Gmail, not a problem. So, yeah, just what I would say is send a, send a message to the team that or... Uh, Andrea from the web portal, pick security task if you're going to do it through the portal and just say, hey, uh, speaking to Carl, uh, we'd like to move our sites over to your hosting, please, and uh, they'll, I'll get the ball rolling for you. Great. Thanks. That was, a, that was an easy no problem. Yeah, that one's easy. No problem. Thanks, mate. I interrupt this broadcast to bring you an important message to you from me. I want to connect with you more. You see, I think that life without connection is just boring and lonely and that's not fun for me and it's not fun for you so let's connect more and get to know each other better you can do that over at carltaylor.com slash connect and we can get all connectory well that was about it really if you told <laughs> we're, probably, we're probably good but i know you've got a lot more there you could help us we're sort of limited in <laughs> what we can do it's no. more that what holds us back not the other way but anyway push out with this these fun things and so can i just ask you a, a it's kind of a random question but i spoke to your guys about basically we um with facebook and um instagram we can do the graphics kind of side of it yeah. but we've had trouble um and this is an area that they've kind of said that they're restricted as to what they can do in helping with um remarketing and like with Facebook and with Instagram, for example, we've done a storyboard, for want of a better word, mm -hmm. just the final stage, our VA in the Philippines, not sure where to go when you pop it onto Instagram. You've probably seen some of them, they're really cool. They have a little flow chart and then you eventually say, you know, and then you'll opt in on Instagram. It's a really cool little sequence that a lot of businesses are using. So Daisy in the Philippines has set up this cute little sequence why, you know, prompting people to um, subscribe to our newsletters. But we, she's just kind of come to a roadblock of that last stage, how you add the opt-in form, for example. And I'm not sure whether that's more complicated than it needs to be in her mind or whether that's something your guys 
that's just that one little piece of the puzzle that we're not sure how to do. I personally am not a big user of Instagram, so I have not seen what you're talking about. Um, oh, my God, we're ahead of Carl. Ahead. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you know, it's, it's about sticking sometimes in your lane, right, of, of what you do well. Um, what I would say, so I don't know, if there is a way that I'm not aware of to be able to put a form on Instagram, then my guess is that would be built into Instagram. It won't be a third-party tool. It'll be something in Instagram. However, if there isn't a way to do it, and I've not seen that, but as I said, I'm not an expert on Instagram, the easier way to do it would be when you do your final post with your call to action, in the description or in the comments, you have a link to a page. And you take them to a page where they can opt in. So I don't don't know if there is a smarter way to do it. Maybe there is. But yeah, I say Daisy's just not sure how to do that final piece of the puzzle. But anyway, um, she says she's still looking at it, but um, there may be an easy answer. But um, It sounds like what you said, put it to our website again and another landing page. Yeah, that's where I would start, to be honest. Like if if that's the roadblock, like sometimes I think too many people, we we try to get it perfect and that roadblocks us from doing things. Well, version one, do the link. And then if you discover there is a way to add forms or, you know, you've, you've prompted that I'm now probably going to try and find out if there is a way to do forms on Instagram. But, the yeah, I, I would just start with the link and then go from there. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, maybe, then we're, we're, maybe we're overthinking it. Mm. And then we're controlling it. It's yeah. much more important we own that, you know, yeah. that landscape at the end anyway, really. Yeah. No, it's very, it's kind of, I thought it was quite rare, but now I see more and more people are doing it where it's a little bit of a flowy story thing. Yeah, interesting interested in signing up mainly for subscription stuff um which ultimately would potentially then lead to sales but it's all very pretty the graphics are very <laughs> enticing and that's all well that's yeah that's that's instagram everyone it's all graphics right exactly. yeah fantastic well yeah I, uh, yeah we can help you with the graphics side of things and um, if, you, if you're linking off to a page then you know yeah. we can help you there too but otherwise um yeah, we'll just, I'll, I'll let you know if i do discover there's a form approach i'll i'll let you know Okay. <laughs> you mentioned testimonials and case study booklets. So talk to me about maybe the case study booklets. What's That's going to be your hand-raising offer? That's a new offer you want to do? Yeah. We were going to put it out on ads on Facebook and things like that and obviously Instagram <laughs> once we work it out <laughs> and then lead them back to the website to enrol, to collect and collect their emails, etc., and then hopefully get them onto our general communication newsletters and then target them more thoroughly later on. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Back using, we've switched from Entreport to Active Campaign based on um, Louise's relationship with the um, aggregator that she uses. So perfect. we're still mainly just using that for email communications. We haven't done much work in the whole automation thing. But I'm assuming we could set up this, funnel system through um, AC to get people to, you know. Yeah, so so your general flow with what you're talking about there, uh, there's a few different ways you could do the Facebook piece. Um, now the technology has changed a fair bit. So the, the, the kind of tried and true traditional is you run a Facebook ad which sends people to an opt-in page, a landing page where you're kind of promoting the free gift. So the, the copy of your ad is usually going to say, hey, get this free thing. Uh, then they go to a landing page where the only choice is they leave the page or they put in their email or name and email to get the free thing. And once they've opted in, it'll go to a thank you page where you might have maybe another call to action or another next step for the people who are really hot who want to kind of take the next step. And then there'll be an immediate email that would be sent with delivering the free. So in your on your 
guide. It's to be those case study uh, booklets. And uh, then you might have some automated emails after that that nurture. Now, my personal opinion on that is that some people talk about creating these really long automated sequences. I personally think you only really need three max kind of automated emails after that before you then just bring them into your general fold of, of what I call your nurture process, which is usually more manual emails where you're sending content and then every now and then you're probably sending campaigns. You're sending these invitations to take an action or, or do something in some way. Uh, there are others out there that try to do this really long automated process. The reason I'm not a huge fan of that is, well, firstly, there are certain people who are going to be hot in the sequence that if I'm going to send automated emails, it's more, I'd want to try and get a conversation going. I, I want to try and get people replying to my emails, not just endlessly clicking and reading things. Um, and also I once had a really long automated sequence nurture, like we're talking a hundred days plus. I forgot what was in it. Content got out of date because it's automated. It's just happening on, you know, and yeah. yeah, just to be honest, conversion rates went down. So less is more on that automated approach. And really annoying. Yeah, totally. It's annoying. Um, and well, I mean, I think annoying is contextual based on the value that the person's getting. We have to remember we are not our customers. Yeah. And I mean, I saw this recently. Someone was saying, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm getting too many emails or I'm sending too many emails. But most people I know are sending not enough emails. Uh, and they can directly correlate the more emails they send to their database, the more money they're making. You know, people who went from once a week to three times a week made more money. People who went from three times a week to daily emails, yes, people unsubscribed, but they also made a lot more money. So I think um, it's about value in the email, not the how often you're mailing. Okay. So, so that, that, that's kind of your tried and true approach of how you would do that. Add to landing page, to opt, you know, opting in, delivers the thing. Um, and then from there, they're just in your standard nurture bucket and you, you might invite them to your next step, whatever your next step is. Uh, do you typically get them onto the phone or are you taking them to an event or a webinar? Like what's kind of, do you imagine the next logical step after they've downloaded this case study booklet? Initially, we just send them to the general newsletters, but we're yep. hoping to target them into this online program that we're running. Okay, and so how we, how are you planning to sell that online program? Is it from a webinar, a phone call, an event? Well, that that's the up for grabs. Okay, well, what would be the easiest for you to do? Not what with <laughs> what was that? Not talk. Not call. Oh, not call. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's okay. We'd be happy to call. like you know. That's okay. We just need to get it up there first, and then get them into it. <laughs> yes. What's what's the price point of the of the course going to be? Well, that's also debatable. So the course would be starting at, we think, I'd do the online program for just one ninety-seven. Okay. Uh, it's just a, uh, an intro thing to get people cracking and give them some uh, support while they're trying to buy. Because I find the biggest problem for people is not knowing how to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at a one ninety-seven or $200 kind of price point, you, you don't need to get on the phone for that. You, you didn't, wouldn't even necessarily need to do a, a webinar for that. Uh, you could sell that just from an email or from a, a sales page uh, if you get your messaging right. Like the big things that impact conversions, you know, there's all these tricks, tactics and things, but the, the real thing that impacts conversions is where are you getting the traffic from? So like how well targeted you, if in this case you want to do Facebook, so how well targeted your Facebook ads are to a, 
to an audience that's actually interested? What's the message you're showing them? So how well this case study booklet actually attracts the right people and what's the promise it's kind of making? And then, and then the next thing is the offer. So for the $200, what is the return on investment they're going to see? Is it giving them a dream come true? Is it solving a problem? And the, the better you make your offer, the better targeted and the right people you're talking to and you're getting the messaging right, that's where the biggest impact on your conversions. From there, all the other little things like, I'll oh, split test this and change the color of that and change. They're very small improvements. Most small business owners, in my experience, don't need to focus on that. Like it's, they're just not at that level. Right. So um, what is your current kind of offer? So the case study booklet, what's it called or what's the, what's the kind of pitch? We've got one for women in um, property case studies and one for first home buyers. Okay. We're our two keenest markets at the minute. Yep. I've just been involved with Business Chicks and I Thrive um, Festival, for want of a better word, and which is mainly attended by women. And the message we got from a lot of people that were coming by our stand is that even though some people have bought, they say you know, the lack of information out there if you've never done it before, like most people haven't bought a house before, is overwhelming. You don't know where to start. And, and this is what Louise's point of difference is. Sure, she writes the loan. That's her core business. But helping people along the way as to what to do and when to do it is invaluable. But it's, and so that's the message we're trying to flog. Yeah, I love it. I, and, and I mean, a lot of marketing today is education, right? Yeah. Uh, educating people is, is helps you be seen as the expert and someone that they then go, how can, how can you help me? Yeah. So, so, all right. I like that. So you, you've got the kind of two target audiences there you're going for first home buyers and then women in property. Um, which one, if you could, if you were only able to do one, and I'm not saying you do, but if there was only one that you were going to focus on first, which one would be the one you'd pick? Probably women, women in property, which is people, women who may be first home buyers, maybe divorced, buying their next property, maybe investors. So yeah, perfect, perfect. Variables within that group. So, so you can go cold Facebook ads, right? You can go to a cold audience who don't know you, don't like you, don't trust you. And you can say, grab this download. And a certain percentage of people will download that. What you'll probably find is that your cost on those ads and cost per lead will be quite high. Whereas if you go the approach of creating content, whether that be content videos or whether that be sending people to blog posts. And so let's say, for example, you ran Facebook ads to a blog post talking about um, women in property, some, maybe even some of what's already in your, in your booklet or it's brand new content or you do videos about, but still talking to that audience and talking about those different scenarios. Like here are the different scenarios we found that many women are getting involved in property, divorce, first home, like that might be one piece of content. Now the benefit of that is you're going to get people to connect with that content. They're going to click on the link or watch the video. And what Facebook lets us do is a thing called custom audiences. And so you can then essentially drop a pixel or track people who have gone and visited that blog post or track people who've watched 30 seconds of that video and you add them to a custom audience. And then so getting people to click a link and clicking over to ads is going to be a lot cheaper. And then the follow-up is you then have a separate campaign in Facebook that's running the ads to your lead magnet, to your, your case study booklet, to the people who watched 30 seconds of that video, to the people who clicked 
and, and the, the, what you'll find is your cost per lead, you, you'll have to test it, but generally you'll see your cost per lead will go down because you're running the, the opt-in call to action, more salesy message to a warm audience that you know actually is the people you want to talk to. Whereas, and they've already got a little bit of uh, knowledge about who you are. They've seen your brand name. They've been on your website. They've maybe seen Louise in a video and that, that will build more trust. So, which again helps with increasing your, um, your cost per lead. So that's, that's another thing to think about. So you can definitely do the cold straight to your, you know, your opt-in offer, but you may find that, you know, your budget is getting used up a lot and you might want to try out warming up the audience first and then op advertising to those people. Okay. Cool. That's great. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the, I like the women in business approach. So, so not women in business, women in property. Because most of them are, have money and they're professional women or whatever. It's just that they haven't either done it by themselves before or they'd like some support in knowing what to do next. Yeah. Perfect. I would also test, um, when you're doing your Facebook ads, I would test long copy versus short copy. So like in the ad, a short copy, which might say, Hey, uh, free, um, or I know you're looking, looking to buy, you know, are you a woman looking to buy property? We've got, check out this case study of, I don't know how many, but say 10 or 12 people who have done it before and learned from that. And that might be all the text says that's your short copy. But then you'll have a long copy version where you might talk far more, maybe a, tell a story, uh, longer. I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of my Facebook posts that I've done recently, like they're kind of long stories. Um, I just find that easier to share, but people generally, I get my biggest engagement on those posts because the first few lines kind of captures people into a story and then they want to continue. You've opened a loop. They want to continue the story. So they'll read more, but it conveys more trust because I can hear in your voice and obviously see in your face while we're recording this, that you genuinely care, right? You genuinely want to get these people to have that information, but on Facebook and advertising like that, it's, it's faceless unless you do videos. They don't, that doesn't come across. So yeah. short little salesy copy is not going to get that care across. Whereas yeah. a longer story might. Okay. Great. Great point. Mm. Okay. And so again, you test that and see which one uh, works better. But my, my gut feel is that you'll find the longer copy probably converts better. Oh, okay, cool. So do you have any questions around once you've kind of done your ad to the landing page? Uh, I did mention there were two other ways you can do it. One is you can go to a, a to Facebook Messenger. So rather than going to landing page, you can have an ad where they click message here and that using like a chatbot tool like ManyChat, um, you can then have it. So once they kind of go into it, you could have one, you can start a conversation or you can just be like, great, do you still want the guide? Yes. What's your, you know, and just deliver it in the chatbot, or you can ask them their email address and then you can have that connect to active campaign and still deliver the same thing. So that's, that's another option that um, we're seeing a lot of people trying that out. I don't have stats on how well that's working for people. That's uh, so irritating. <laughs> well, I mean, we use a chatbot for automation agency with a right fit quiz. So we used to have a quiz on our website that, you know, answered, asked a bunch of questions and at the end would say, you should sign up or we don't know if you should sign up or no, we're not right for you. But it didn't have the conversation that if you were speaking to me on the phone or you'd met me and you were asking me the same things, you might 
when you answered a question of like, do you have a WordPress website? If you'd said no, I would then go, oh, well, just so you know, we only work with WordPress websites and I would give you a bit of a spiel. Whereas on the quiz, there's none of that. Whereas the chatbot has allowed me to have that. So like I asked that question, do you have a WordPress website? They can say yes or no. If they say no, it can respond with the same type of spiel that I would have said and said, and then I can ask the question, is that a deal breaker for you? Yes or no? So I'm giving them the option to continue the quiz or go, yep, that's a deal breaker and leave. So there is a lot of value in, in what chatbots can do in replicating that conversational approach that you don't quite get on a sales page or on a, um, you know, a video even. Because it's a bit of a choose your own adventure. It has to be working well though, because the minute it's not working, you'll go out of it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those experiences where the little chat person disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you then get annoyed but yeah definitely <laughs> definitely yeah i guess um in terms of uh could we move on to testimonials then and sure let's do it i think um first of all i saw in your examples that, that you give examples of them being placed in different places i couldn't actually find where they were on um infinity ovation the, um, all I saw was the rushing water and the, you said, I think you, did you, did you mean that go across the screen on that side? I'm going to be honest. I didn't write that post, so I don't actually know uh, what 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 it says. Um, I have a content team who write write our content, so I uh, I just don't know. There's a slider on their homepage. What would that would that normally? A slider. Be? Okay, so a slider. A slider is what uh, essentially. You've been on those sites, right, where there's, there's like an image that has text on it and then it changes to another image. That's what's known as a slider in tech world. So it's like... Like this information tends to suggest that's on the home page so that okay. they don't get out of that. It just comes across intermittently, I suppose, or one after the other. Yeah, so, so one, one thing I know that we do a fair bit on some people's websites for a homepage we do have that. So rather than try and put lots of testimonials, it is essentially a slider. There's one block with one testimonial, but if you wait two seconds or three seconds and the timing can be adjusted, it will then scroll and show you a different picture and a different testimonial. And you can have a, a bunch of those uh, set up. Um, I thought they were a bit out of date now, sliders. They irritate people, so we stop using for, them. For things like call to actions and things, yes. Uh, a lot of people were trying to use sliders for things that they wanted people to pay attention to. Testimonials, however, it it, it can work quite well. You, you can you can you don't have to use sliders, but the, the benefit a slider gives you for testimonials is you can have one block with a testimonial, and then if I'm on the page long enough, I'll notice it will change. On the flip side, though, the benefit of not using a slider is. If I see there are like 20 testimonials on the page, I might not read them all, but I'm going to feel far more social proof because I'll realize, oh, there's a lot. Whereas the, the downside of a slider is it gives you more space on the homepage or the page for sure, but I might only see one or two testimonials, even though there might have been 20 there. So there is a difference to that. Like uh, I, would, I, I personally would probably put more on a page that's and then I might add a slider um, 
maybe as well. But I would I would want to make sure that when they saw testimonials, they saw multiple testimonials, so that there was there was because if you've got it, if it's true, right? If yeah. if, if, if people are using fake testimonials, put them up there. <laughs> They were there as a slider originally, but I think no, but we've got stacks and stacks of them. Yeah, we have a whole just on our menu. We have you know happy clients or something where people can go. Yeah, well, and, and that's another really good thing to do. We have that on our site on Automation Agency's website. We have I think there's two testimonials on the page, and I'm not using a slider there; they're just on the page. But underneath each testimonial, we have a button that says "View More," and when you click on "View More," it takes you to a page where there's more testimonials on that page. Okay. I, I have a feeling I well, no, I like the way they had a, the picture in the background and just the comment with the name on your suggestions. I thought that was a really lovely, clean way of doing it. So the image stayed the same, but different comments. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Came yeah. in. Okay, cool. That's yeah. good. Because some of, I did have a look at a couple of the others and some of them just a bit overwhelming with all the information on them. So I would have, it would have taken me a while to work out where the testimonials were, but I, lo I like, I think the slider is, is good imagery, imagery wise, but um, as I say that gorgeous website, it's the main screen is all about rushing ocean water. And I thought, oh, I could just sit and watch this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wasn't what it's meant to do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, okay. okay, we can, we can have a look at that. But. Cool. All right, well, that's just a few clues. Thank you. Cool. Um, What's on where to go? Well, well, the, well, the one thing I want to kind of loop back maybe before we wrap up um, is what's really going to make your lead gen of this case study booklet work is going to be what you do after you've got the opt-in. Mm. Um, you know, plenty of people can, can run some ads and you can get people to opt into your list. Uh, it's taking those people and actually turning that into business for the right people that I think is, is where people can fall down. So we mentioned that you might, you might want to have an automated message, three messages after that. So the first message would be, well, here's the thing you've asked for and give them that. Uh, and what, what can be a really good idea? Someone, um, a really smart marketer called Dean Jackson, uh, spent some time with him, uh, the other week and he gave a great story and I loved it. He said, if someone, if you had a physical bricks and mortar store, maybe a restaurant and someone walked in, you're going to hand them the menu, right? You're going to give them a, here's all the things that you can buy. It's like, he said, why aren't we doing that in our email marketing? As soon as someone has opted in. So this is something that I'm looking at implementing into to our business. As soon as someone has opted in for the thing, we'll give them the thing. But on that same email, kind of be like, give them the menu, go, by the way, here are some ways that we can help you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest there, like on that, once they've opted in, go, here's the, here's the thing, looking forward to it. And then have like, by the way, whenever you're ready, here are yeah, three ways that we can kind of continue the conversation, whatever they may be for you. And it's not about going, hey, become a customer. People aren't ready for that. But it's, it's uh, what are some next steps that you have available for them to take? And one might be, you know, jump, jump on a, on a quick call to discuss your needs. Another, I don't know, what are yours actually? Do you have, what are your next steps that you can offer people? Well, a jump on a call is a great option. Yeah. Louise has a Calendly, we can put the Calendly link to, to book a time. Um, the other thing is, you know, join our newsletter. Um, they're, they're the main two, unless we're selling a specific event or, um, and hopefully more of these. Yeah, yeah, so if they're already opted in, 
you probably, you're going to give them the newsletter anyway. So you probably don't need to say, Hey, join the newsletter. So it could be for now. It could just be like, Hey, whenever you're ready, if you'd like to have a chat about your property um, and things book in a call. And that could just be the, you just at least giving them then and there, here's, here's your options. And it's, it's not like book in now. It's a, whenever you're ready, here's something we can help you with. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then your follow-up emails should ideally relate back to whatever they've opted in for. So if you do your first home buyer one, your next follow-up email should be something related for first home buyers. Um, ideally even connected. The thing you should be aware of, most people aren't going to read your case study booklet. No, we know. <laughs> so you, you can't assume that they've read it in whatever your follow-up stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the reality. Cards. Well, <laughs> who've, written, who've written heaps and heaps about what they did. And it's really, is, really good. Another it's very practical because it gives them really good. Another one but of you're the right, testimonial options, I think, is to click through to a video from a client, you know, where, or potentially you could click through to a, you know, a paragraph of one of the case studies and then if you want to read the... Well, you could even avoid the click-through. Like if you've got a great testimonial or a case study story like that, that may even already be in the booklet, there's no reason on the second automated email a few days later might be like, hey, uh, you could even be like, hey, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but in the booklet we talked about Chris and Chris was blah, 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 blah. And you could even basically give them a small snippet of the same case study again. That's great. Straight after. That's great use of it because, yeah. yeah. And we're always amazed when people come back and they've read heaps, but you never recognised that they had or you hadn't seen them click through or anything. And then you, they find, you find that they've gone to the site at some point and read through heaps of stuff. And yeah, well, you, like some clients will say, I wasn't ready to buy, but because I was on the newsletter list, I was constantly reminded of Louise and her tips and tricks. And so when I was ready to buy, I, I went to Louise. So... It's kind of not an instant gratification type of service, so it's a bit, a bit you know, different to buying a pair of shoes or whatever. Yeah. It's a, it, I know people say it's the same but different, but it is, it is a harder slog to sell a service which is, a, is a you know, quite a process. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot more trust uh, usually involved and, and at the end of the day you're selling time and, and, and that's where having that free call or, or even if it's a paid call, but having that call option is a great way of kind of just connecting. And cause in a service we, we both know, right. With a service, it's not about a product where you just like buy my thing. It's a more consultative sales process. Well, what do you need? What are your problems? What do you, what are you actually looking for? Oh, okay. Well, based on that, here's what you should, here's what you need. Um, and so I think, I think for you, for you sending people to the call is great. I would encourage you to think about what other things could you offer? And, and don't think it needs to be something that needs to be opted in for, right? Because they're already on your database now. They're already in there. So the call is great, but think about the people who might not be ready for a call. Uh, well, your course, once you create the course, that might be an option. It'll be in there going, hey, um, you know, jump on a call and have a personal chat or uh, you know, start up with our program and give them a link straight to the sales page where they might be able to buy it. That, that's at least kind of showing them here's it's available. Uh, for those people that it might be ready for. So, and then just after you've done a few automated emails from there, stop the automated emails, just put them on your normal nurture process of, of whatever you're sending your newsletter uh, and then occasionally make invitations for people, you know, open up with your course, even if it's available all the time, every now and then, maybe once a month or every two months, 
do an email that's going, hey, we're, we're, we're doing another launch. We're bringing in another X number of people we'd like to bring into the, into the course, even though they might be able to buy at any time. It's just, a, it's just giving you an opportunity to kind of go to them and say, hey, is anyone interested in this? Okay. Great. That's some great help. Thank that you. is. You're amazing. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. I, um, I might let your guys have often, often to help with the, um, the automation because even though we're using ActiveCampaign, I'm still not fully across that. So that may well be where they'll be hearing from. But that's, that's exactly what you, sh you should be doing. Like know enough about it so that if you, there's something quickly you want to do, um, data entry stuff that you can handle. But from there, like it's not the best use of your time to spend time figuring it out. You just need to know what you want to do. Write your write your emails, figure it out, and then tell the team to go. Here's what I want. It, here's how I want it to work. Make it happen. Sure. Um, speaking of that, Active Camp Entreport, I really did love because you it had landing pages and beautiful stuff going on. Whereas Active Campaign is basically the the community. The yeah. So what do you what do you recommend as the as a, an integration with good landing pages? We're currently. Um, Daisy in the Philippines is using WordPress, but just to do basic pages. Would you say that's sufficient, or could you recommend something else that's a bit easy to use? And yeah, I mean, if if you're using WordPress and whether it's like Thrive Architect or Divi or whatever the different options are, we I know we build a lot of landing pages on WordPress using Thrive Architect. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of that. So. There's no reason you need a third-party tool. If you did want a third-party tool, lead pages, click funnels, they're kind of the two main ones that people will no, use. We've got Tribe Architects, so we'll, work, we'll continue. Just keep using that. The benefit there is you, it li lives on your site. It's not another thing you've got to pay a monthly fee for. It, it, it's on your site. You've got full control. Um, do you prefer Entreport yourself or Active Campaign? I personally actually have both. I have an Entreport account and I have uh, Active Campaign. Automation Agency uses Active Campaign. Carl Taylor uses Entreport. Okay. Um, so they're, they're, they're different. They're different uh, things. Uh, Entreport aims for like a best of, uh, sorry, all in one. Their, their ethos is try to be an all in one, and they're doing a lot better at delivering it than I thought any all in one tool could. I mean, they just launched their new page builder yesterday. Uh, that's pretty cool. However, having said that, there are still plenty of times when you end up having to try and shape your business to work based on how the tool works rather than being able to do what you want. Yeah. Active Campaign has a different ethos. They're both really amazing companies and I've got a great relationship with the CEO of Entreport and I've got a great relationship with the CEO of Active Campaign. Um, their culture internally is amazing. Active Campaign's ethos, though, is to try and be best of breed at what it does, uh, and and try to be more the connector to all the different third-party tools to allow you to build your own stack, so that they'll do what they do, but then you can plug in the different things you need. That's that's kind of more their mission and vision of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it, they're just different ethoses, and and that creates different products. Um, I personally prefer the build your own stack approach. But uh, which is why I use Active Campaign with with Automation Agency. Cool. No, but they're both they're both great products. There's, you you like can't really go wrong. Campaign's easy to use. It's just much easier. Any moron can get in there and fiddle with a newsletter. You know that's it's amazing. Good for our Whereas Entreport, it was a bit harder. You had to really try a lot harder. I think it looked great. But yeah, but I think Active Campaign the newsletters look better. I think, yeah, I think that yeah, I just think the page well, it was just handy having the option to do the pages in Entreport. But anyway, that's we can we'll, we'll get Daisy to um, she was struggling to um, 
to use Thrive no, Architect. Get, get Automation Agency to do it. Don't get Daisy to do oh, it. Then. Yes, sorry, I said that. <laughs> that that'll be because yeah, I mean, again, oh, same actually, thing. It's not I, the best use of Daisy's time if she's struggling with it. So if I set up the whole um, automation <laughs> and they can do the pages as well on Thrive Architect, so that's yeah. Be, oh, yeah, cool. Yep, exactly. No, uh, Daisy. You don't. No, no, you, just have, you just write the content. Yeah. Send yeah. it. To, yeah. Write the content. Map out the layout if you've got a specific yeah. layout you want. Either sketch it on a piece of paper or um, show an example, and then just send that through, and we'll take care of it from there. Right, we'll, do, we'll do. We'll do it like a three-step one that's not too complicated to get started. Thank you, Carl. We can't. We're... That's very helpful. Thank you, Carl. My pleasure. It's been great chatting, and uh, I look forward to seeing this happen. And I want to hear about how the case study booklets go. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, that'll be So do we. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks Thank you. so much. Lovely Cheers. to chat. See ya.